What's up, everybody, and welcome back, 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 back in the studio to Pace the Nation, episode number 68. We are back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of Arlington County in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Alongside me, back again in studio, of course, to my right is Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Um, During our week break, I finished my puzzle. Good. Wow. Mm-hmm. You were missing some pieces. People were stealing pieces. You found them all. Yeah, I found them all. Yeah, she's really, really into her puzzles. Good. That's big news. Glad to hear that. Also to my left, of course, is our other co-host. It's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? I tried to get the uh, fake Joanna to do a puzzle <laughs> and the fake Chris Farley to do a puzzle. It was the fake Chris Farley who said, puzzles are boring. <laughs> well, that must she wasn't too fake of a Chris Farley then. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's, it's uh, very, appropriate, very that, appropriate that it was the fake Chris Farley that uh, made that statement. Well, we appreciate the fake Chris Farley and fake Joanna E. Russo for joining us uh, last week. They did a great job standing in. Well done. I don't know where you found them, Docs, but they were really good. I they were pretty accurate, too. Yeah. I just went to the studio, uh, and they were ready to go. They were yeah, like, they were. hey, you're late. Let's do a production meeting. And I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I was, it threw me off my game. So they were. So the the fake Chris Farley was actually on time there before mm-hmm. you? Wow. Before okay. me, yeah. Well, they it's were, like an upside-down world. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did a fantastic job. Hope everybody enjoyed the show last week. But we are back and happy to be back in studio to bring to you guys a big show today. A really big show today. Uh, Docs is back from vacation. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get some details of how that went for him. Doubtful guys running with my friends is ruining my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna let you in on some stories that is it's 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 truly ruining my life. And I don't think I'm being over dramatic when I say that. Truly running with my friends is ruining my life. Well, I'm guessing that you are being overdramatic, but I still can't wait. <laughs> uh, the Olympics. we got to talk Olympics, of course. Uh, Docs is going to take us through every single race that's happened so far. Should I apologize in advance? Because I think this might be a six-hour show. It could, it could be. I'm so excited about it the Olympics. It could be. Uh, and then, of course, so we do have a guest. Excited to be joined today by Olympian from 92 and 96. Uh, he was just in Rio. It's Bob Kennedy. He's the former American record holder in the 5,000 meter. He's run 12.58. He's the first non-African to break 13 minutes in the 5K. But we're going to talk about his experience in Rio. He was just there with our friends from ASICS Running. And probably a different experience, him there as a spectator versus him as a competitor. So we'll get into all that here on today's program. That should be a really fun segment for me and Joanna, who didn't go to Rio. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Unfortunately, we couldn't make that happen. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, but, but, but I did notice uh, in our text messages this week, uh, while we were not going to Rio, how quick you were pro- to promise us that we're all going to Tokyo. Tokyo, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But Joanna, that, how, how, how uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how high are your hopes for going to Tokyo? <laughs> um, 1 is the lowest? Yeah. Probably a 0. Yeah. <laughs> Now we'll make we'll make that happen. It's easy to it's easy to promise this stuff when it's four years out. It I mean, was, it, you'd think you'd have four years to plan for it. Yeah. It's true. It was also easy for you to promise stuff when it was two weeks out. That's a good point. <laughs> well, Docs, you didn't get to go to Rio, but you did get to go to the beach. How was it? Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks Great. for asking. Yeah, is that is that your update from the beach? Mm-hmm. Any runs? 
Anything of note? Uh, I can't run anymore. I, I got to go see Dr. Beck. My, my calf is, is uh, just terrible. And I have to say, like, I feel like the boy who cried wolf because I'm right. like begging to be pregnant, begging to, to have a bear attack me. Right. Uh, and now I really have like a, a, a legit problem where I can't, uh, I can't run. Um, but I will take this opportunity to uh, ask if any of our listeners want to run the Marine Corps Marathon. I can transfer my entry to you. Yeah. Uh, so hit me up on Twitter. If you're interested in my my Marine Corps Marathon uh, entry, because at this point there's no chance. Well, there well, is. I think it, I think we already knew I wasn't going to do Marine Corps. Well, uh, there's hope you get another week's rest for New York. <laughs> so uh, I'm hopeful that uh, you'll be there at the New York City Marathon the, mm-hmm. the week after the first Sunday in November. But I did bike. I'm biking okay. like crazy. All right, so um, you're doing some cross training. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to stay you know as as fit as I can. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the update from. I, I thought Docs's uh, vacation week would be probably a pretty brief update. Uh-huh. So we we appreciate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know. Well, actually, um, I, I won't talk about the beach, but I did go to Boston. Okay. And I saw Pearl Jam play yeah. twice at Fenway Park, which was pretty cool. That is Except awesome. Except the first night, um, they played a lot of covers, which was which was fun, but. Uh, they went really too heavy on the baseball and the Red Sox stuff. I could care less, you know. Right. Like they brought out like Bronson Arroyo. I could care less. Uh, they brought out uh, Kevin Euclid. Uh, you know, are the, those guys Pearl Jam fans, or they're yeah. just? I and, mean, and Red Sox and and the Peter former Gammons. Red Sox. I don't think those guys play for the Red Sox anymore. No, correct. Right. And then Peter Gamble well, because the Red Sox were out we're, of town. We're playing yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Because they were. They took up the field for for four days. Uh, the team couldn't play, gotcha. but um, they brought out Peter Gammons as well. And I thought at that moment I was like, "This is the one time in my life where I think my dad might be interested in a Pearl Jam story." Because of Peter Gammons, Peter Gammons nice. walked out. Are these, these are all baseball players, I'm guessing. Yes. Peter, Peter Gammons was like the the baseball writer, and mm-hmm. and then he um, was on ESPN and hosted Baseball Tonight for years. And he knew everything. He's like a, he's like a, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's he's just like a walking encyclopedia for baseball. Uh, and when I was in high school, my curfew was 11 p.m. And so I would come home every night in the summer at 11 o'clock, and my dad and I would watch baseball tonight every night. Wow! Uh, and so we we uh, and we both thought Peter Gammons was was great. So I was like, when he came out, I was like, all right, I finally have a Pro Jam story that my dad will like, not roll his eyes about, you know. Wow, did do, do your parents did your parents know you're in Boston at the Pearl Jam concert? <laughs> yes, cause, they did. Yes, okay. they knew because it because it probably conflicted with the beach. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that is his update. So, uh, Joanna, I know that uh, you enjoy running by yourself, and I think I'm going to mm-hmm. um, I'm going to prescribe to that uh method of running here and you're future. gonna prescribe to that so, like who are you gonna prescribe that subscribe to? did i say prescribe <laughs> subscribe come on i do love intentionally mixing subscribe. up those yeah. those words right but i know you didn't do that i did not purpose. do that so uh this week was really hot so i've got a couple people that i i run with pretty regularly you know i've talked about my buddy derek thomas who he and i do workouts together and uh, we do do some long runs together i also run with our our uh, loyal listening buddy uh ct mcgee mm-hmm. uh so ct mcgee and i uh had a run on saturday it was 18 miles for mcgee and i wanted to help him out even though i hadn't been doing that long of runs and saturday was probably the hottest day of the year it was pretty brutal it was brutal so 
got up at six and <clears throat> one of our other friends who uh, just turned 40 and he runs like a deer, even though he hadn't run over like 13 miles in the past year, he says, you know what? I'm going to show up and go with you. His name's Bill. So Bill shows with me and C.T. McGee. So he's super fit, and he's just taking off on the run. So we get, you know, we, we go Rock Creek and out and back and, and coming back, and I'm like, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it. And about 15 and a half miles, I bail on the run, and I say, guys, I got I to gotta go. You guys, I'll meet you at the end. First of all, I'm supposed to have my phone on me because, you know, mm-hmm. the baby could be coming in. You're on high alert. Yep. So I don't have my phone on me. So I had the keys hidden, and I had to get McGee's keys and all this stuff. So I go to the 7-Eleven right outside Georgetown, and first I call Julie. I'm like, I'm thinking she would just call me an Uber. I call her frantically three times from the 7-Eleven. They let me use the phone. No answer. So then I call my mom. So I'm 40 years old, Mm -hmm. and I'm calling my mom for a ride. (laughs) From the 7-Eleven. From the 7-Eleven. Perfect. Uh, I am drenched, soaking wet. Uh-huh. The 7-Eleven attendant is looking at me like, okay, I'm doing you a favor, but uh, you know, you, you're you kind of pushing it, it here. It's not good for business. No, it's not. Did and, you, did, and you probably didn't even have any money to buy anything nothing, either? No money, nothing. Mm-hmm. So call my mom, and I'm like, mom, um, can you call Julie? Maybe she's not answering the phone because she doesn't recognize the number. Anyways, she calls Julie. Julie was outside doing some work, so fortunately she wasn't having the baby at the time. But mm-hmm. So she, she calls Julie. Julie doesn't answer, so I say, well, call John. She calls my little brother, who has the Uber app, because my mom doesn't have the Uber app. Mm-hmm. So it's this whole thing. John's got to put his credit card in. He's like, I... So a cab appears and, and saves the day right outside the 7-Eleven. I flag it down. He uh, drives me back to the uh, to the the place where we started, which was Iwo Jima, and I ended up having to call Julie to to pay for the cab, whatever. So <laughs> it was a huge mess. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom's asking, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm okay. It was fine. I was just a little, you know, a little heat exhaustion, but you know, pretty much fine." So uh, great, I did that 15 mile run. A couple days later, uh, my buddy Derek, he's like, "Man, you know, this is could be." our last workout together uh, before you have your kids. So we better get a good one in. And it's, you know, 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. So I'm thinking, all right, it's it's pretty hot, but let's, let's do it. So he wants to do nine times one K. So we go out in the canal out and back nine times one K longer than we ever uh, have been usually running. So it's about a 12 mile run and halfway through he's thinking, I wish you would tell me, to cut it short because he was ready to cut it short. I was thinking, I wish he would tell me to cut it short. So neither of us wanted to cut it short. So we ended up going the 12 miles exhausted. So I'm thinking when I get back, there's no way I'm going to be able to run with CT McGee the next morning. And I do this 10 mile run with, with CT McGee every Wednesday morning at six 30. That's our standard Operating procedure. The first I've heard about this story. Yeah, I know. So, I, like, I'm wondering where this story is going. Like, is okay. it just to make us feel bad that we're not running like 12, 10, 15 miles? No, no, no. So, all right, yeah. let me let me get there. And then I'll, he's gonna have I'll, Bob come in and tell us, make us feel bad yeah. for not going to Rio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know. I make it all about making it all about me, and I'm getting somewhere with this. So I'm thinking I can't do it, but I don't want to let my friend down because I want to run with my friend. So that night, I take my scooter. Over by where, you know, where the Key Bridge Marriott is. 
mm-hmm. I don't have to run up the hill. You know, I usually do the biking up the hill. Right. And today, you know, or on Wednesday, I thought, all right, I'm going to just take leave the scooter there and I'll run out and back as my normal run and let CT McGee run it all the way in. So we do our run. I'm pretty tired. Finish, you know, about eight and a half miles. Hop on the scooter. And then I head back towards my place in Clarendon on the scooter. So I should have known this, but apparently you can't use the scooter in a bike lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, traffic's queued up on Veach Street. I'm driving the scooter on a bike lane and flying by all the traffic, going the speed limit, helmet on, minding, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being really aware of what, what's around me. Well... And, You're probably not not aware enough to read the signs, right? Well, you know, there's no signs that say uh, that, well. that, that that you can't <laughs> use a motorized vehicle on the. Anyways, it's my fault. I should have known. I got to know the rules. Mm-hmm. So you know what happens next? You got a ticket. I got pulled over by a cop. <laughs> so here I am. Was the cop on a bike or in a no, car or in, in a, a Segway? He was in a car. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he could have caught me on all those things. Or or walking. Or walking. He could have caught me. so. He pulls me over, and I'm like, you know, really nice, good guy. He's like, you should have known better. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I don't have my license on me. I give him my information, my social security number. He's like, I got to write you this ticket. And he writes me a reckless driving ticket. Oh, my God. I got a reckless driving ticket yesterday. Um, yeah. Let me tell you what it says on Wikipedia for uh-huh. reckless driving. Uh-huh. You go to jail. In the United States law, reckless driving is is a major moving traffic violation. Yeah. It's usually more a more serious offense than careless driving. Improper driving or driving without due care and attention is often punishable. Fines, imprisonment, mm-hmm. or driver's license suspension or revocation. He just threw his phone down on the table. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the maximum that they could give you, but they don't always hand out the maximum. I got a reckless driving ticket because... Eh, who cares? Who, ca- who cares? Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, like I said, the, the police officer is really get a, nice. Are you going to get like a tattoo now <laughs> no, to show? No, no. I got, got this teardrop when I got my reckless driving. <laughs> but I was on a, who gets a reckless driving on a scooter? Now and that's true. And um, all all this is because I was was running with. I people. think you could you could make that sentence well, shorter. Well, I feel like that's a yeah exactly. A that's exactly. a leap. No, I'm telling you, if, if I hadn't have decided to run with my friends, had I decided not to run with CT McGee that day, I would have done a nice easy eight miler, and I wouldn't have had my scooter planted ready for me to. Uh, okay, but the, the, I I I want to talk about like two different things. I think <laughs> Joanna is like also calling you out on this. I mean, okay, you're kind of like shifting the blame here. No, I'm not, no, I'm taking full responsibility. I should have known, but you're, you're, you're kind of like known. it's it's not my fault. It's it's because my friends want to run with me. <laughs> I should you know, have known. My friends shouldn't try to be healthy and do fun things with me. No. And and CT McGee didn't tell you to bring the scooter there. No, yeah. he didn't. No, exactly. you're right. You're right. No, it's not on him. It is all on me. But I'm just saying, had I not done the run with Derek the day before, I wouldn't have felt so tired that I felt like I had to cut the run short. Had I not done the run with C.T. McGee, then I wouldn't have put the scooter out there. There's all these like... Or you could have just done the bike share like you normally do. Why do you have to go with the scooter? Because I knew it was going to be hot and I didn't want to... It's a lot of effort to bike up that hill. (laughs) I should have. Obviously, at this point, I really wish I did. 
Well, sure. Except, yeah. except then you would never have known about the scooter. That's true. Rule. Yeah, so you learned something. I did yeah. learn something, yeah. It's not a complete loss here. Yeah, I think this was a learning opportunity, it and that's a, what yeah. you should look at it. CT McGee helped you learn something right. for the mm-hmm. future. And well, it's a PSA. Yeah. Because I'm listeners. sure our listeners didn't know that uh, that would be reckless. No motorized vehicles in the bike lane. I also think that part of the reason he gave you a reckless ticket was because you didn't have your license on you. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, because he was, I mean, I love the Arlington County uh, police officers. Great. This guy was a really nice guy and we had a nice exchange and he said, this is what I got to give you. Uh, So I'll see you in court on September 23rd. So here's what you should do, Farley. Okay. You should go to the courthouse and you should just try to blame all of your running friends. (laughs) Uh, and tell the judge, look, judge, not my fault. My my friends made me run. Right. So please acquit. All right. He's 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 making the point of how idiotic my argument is. All right, I get it. All right, I think a good fine. judge. I think a good a good judge will will see your side of this story. All right, I get it. Yeah. All right, I see what you're doing there. You are making me sound kind of. Uh, that, that is kind of idiotic to say that. Uh, I'm not the one responsible. I'm taking full responsibility mm-hmm. here. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. But I was just reckless driving, jail, losing your license. This was... Uh... And you have a kid on the way. You need to be more responsible. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Julie s- said uh, very much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing when James comes and Chris is in jail for reckless driving on a scooter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This poor kid has to grow up with with, with the dad in the clink. <laughs> Because I was driving a scooter yeah. in the bike lane. Hello. All right. I'll keep you guys posted on how that all shakes out. I'm, I think we're all going to go to the courthouse on <laughs> September 23rd. I, I just want everybody to know. Joanna, should we live broadcast? It, oh, obviously. It was <laughs> my fault. That. I just want to, I want to, it was my fault. It was my fault. I should have known the rules. But. So at the end of all this, are you still going to run with Derek and CT McGee? No, they're done. <laughs> they're dead to me. <laughs> See? All right. I don't know how we transition, but we're going to. Next up, excited to be joined by Olympian from 92 and 96. He's a 20-time Big Ten champion and a four-time NCAA champion while at the University of Indiana. He was just at Rio as a spectator. We're going to talk to him about the Rio Olympics and much more. It's Bob Kennedy next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Joanna, excited to be joined by Olympian from 1992 and 96. It's Bob Kennedy. Bob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, so, Olympian in 92 and 96, right? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think that is correct. And that's uh, that's what it says on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> we all know and, Wikipedia is... Uh... Well, I, I, I gotta I gotta ask you this. It also says that your birthday is August eighteenth. Is that correct? That is correct. Nice yeah. man. Happy birthday! Wow. Uh, we, Thank you. Yeah, happy birthday, Bob. Farley's trying to get the studio to erupt in applause. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, you're not. You don't seem like. And, and Bob and I are buddies through through running stores, and 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 we do a lot of trips together. But through through the stores and all that, but. You don't seem like a guy who's big on your birthday. Did your kids do anything cool for you? Uh, they, they they did remember it. Nice. Um, <laughs> or they saw it on Wikipedia. 
or the, exactly the Facebook alert or something. But um, the I, I got a bunch of handwritten coupons for like you know they'll not fight with each other <laughs> and all stuff that. You know, they'll never actually do, but it was, it was a nice thought. So. Well, you, you're, you're, you've, <laughs> you've got, you've got twin. How old are your twins now? They're eleven. Eleven, nice. Uh, so, what what age were you? Were you about their age when you when you got into running? I was later. I mean, I ran, ran kind of seventh, eighth grade track. We didn't have cross country at my middle school, and you know that was kind of like. I think everyone else's track experience. I didn't necessarily train with for it. I didn't run on the weekends. I didn't. I didn't do much, and that was fun. But then I, I, I kind of got more serious. Uh, I started running high school um, cross country as a freshman. Right, and uh, yeah. d- and just real quick on your background for our listeners who d- who aren't familiar with you. I can't believe it was twenty years ago that the Atlanta Olympics happened, but. Yeah, uh, you were a twenty-time Big Ten champion, four-time NCAA champion. You won cross country as a true freshman. But one of the races that I think everybody remembers as we start to talk about the Olympics is the '96 five uh, k final, where you took the lead with with about a lap to go. Uh, can you recall yeah. that? Ra- can you recall that race for us and our audience? Yeah, uh, most of it, or at least my uh, the version I want to remember. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> 20 years later, don't you get that kind of luxury 20 years later? Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was, you know, it was a, a very memorable and uh, important part of, of my my running kind of journey, I like to re- refer to it as. And um, I had run um, earlier in the summer, I had uh, run uh, 1258, Seven in Stockholm and broke the American record and one of, I can't remember you have to fact check me on this but right. I think it was at the time the eighth fastest or ninth fastest time um, sorry performer uh, of all time at 5,000 meters and so things were rolling pretty well and I was having a great year we showed up in Atlanta and um, in fact I had the fastest time of the year of anyone running in the 5,000 wow uh, um, but it was super deep. I mean, if you ask uh, people who knew uh, and followed it very closely to who's going to medal, uh, there would have been 12 different names listed of key guys who could medal. And um, and they were right. I think it was super deep. And so I, I think you said quickly. I might not be able to do that. No, but, this, um, this is perfect, man. <laughs> we... we um, you know, I knew my strengths and weaknesses. I was not going to close uh, on a final lap in 51 or 52. Right. Uh, it might have been 54, 55, uh, but that's a huge difference, and there were lots of guys in the race who could do those kind of faster. And so we, we kind of we kind of took a page out of, or tried to take a page out of uh, Prefontaine's mentality, where he's like, I'm, I'm going to make guys run over the last mile, and they beat me. They beat me. But if they if they do, they're going to earn it. And um, and so we, my coach and I, Kim McDonald, um, kind of had this plan of somewhere between two and four laps to go, um, depending on if it was a fast or a slow race. Uh, we'd, we'd run from home for there, from there, and see see how we could string it out. And 
And so we went through, I think we went through 2,000 in about eight minutes. And and really that was, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, it was neither fast nor slow. It's kind of right, right in the middle, middle. right, right. Yeah, and, um, and I think logically you'd say, well, I guess that's three laps to go. But um, uh, I, I, I made the move with two laps to go and uh, went to the lead, strung it out, um, ended up running about 157 for the last 800 meters wow. and just got beat. Yep. And uh, got beat by some really good athletes, and um, um, and, and and that's what it is. So I walked off the track, um, um, and even today, still proud of the effort. Uh, we always talked about for years with Coach Bell, my coach at IU, Indiana University, about always you just put yourself in a position for good things to happen, and they don't always happen. But if you don't put yourself in that position, they never happen. Right. And so, and it's kind of consistent with that philosophy. Well, we're sitting, we're sitting here watching on YouTube, Bob, and it was, it was an awesome race. And you can, I'm, you, everybody can find it on YouTube. Awesome race, but you're right, the, the athletes that were in there, and I think you ended up in sixth, sixth place. Uh, so right. it, it was an incredible final. Um, so. You know that 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 happened. You ran. Uh, you, you had some some injuries, a car accident, I believe, in two thousand, and then you attempted to to try to run again in two thousand four. What what at what point were you like, all right, I just I got to give this up. I got to retire from professional running. Yeah, I think it was. It takes time to get there, but I, I my last competitive race was um, I dropped out of the New York Marathon in, in November of '04. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew then that that was going to be it. And um, and you watch you watch guys like Bernard Legat and and Mab run and running super super well in their early forties, and uh, and and rightly so. And I don't think it's really physical. I think it's a decision by an individual of are you willing or can you make the emotional investment and sacrifices that that are necessary. Um, to compete at that level, and, and and my answer at that time was no. Uh, right. I, I had done it for so long. I had my kids were being born, you know, in a couple months, and it's, it's time. It's time to move on, and um, and 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 for better or worse, you know, I, I walked away clean. Meaning, I walked away. Never really looked back. Never. It's not that I don't miss it because there are aspects of it that I miss. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of how I did it. Um, and, and the successes I had, but I, I didn't want for the past, and still I never have. And um, so I think that means I made a good decision. Yeah. Well, you've definitely stayed in running. Uh, now on the business side, you're owner of both the Athletic Annex and Moving Shoes in San Diego. Uh, I see you on color commentary for you know the NCAA cross country championships do you still do like the the work for for indianapolis and the indy mini do you still do that stuff i haven't done it in a couple of years okay. um i just kind of got out and they changed networks and i'm not a not a great self-promoter so i don't <laughs> right. call the new network up and uh, but yeah, you know, but, but yeah, you you like. definitely stayed in running, obviously, and and with your stories, you got yeah. the, the opportunity to uh, head to Rio with Asics, which looked like an awesome trip. Did have you ever been to an Olympics that you weren't competing in? No, 
first one. Oh, no, that's not true. I okay. lied. I lied. Okay. I went to the 1980 Winter Olympics. When oh, I was okay. Years old. All right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, different perspective, I'm sure, this time. Were you at the, the Miracle Hockey game? No, I wish I was, but I, I did see Eric Hyden skate to two of his multiple gold medals uh, in those Olympics, but not the hockey. That would have been awesome. But, you know, it's it's uh, 2016. You, you can start changing the narrative. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yes, that was it. me and, like, what, 400,000 Yes. People right <laughs> so, being in Rio, um, did it bring back emotions from your racing days, or did you feel nostalgic? Did you miss it? Were you glad you weren't competing? Wish you were competing? How was that for you? I kind of wish I was that fit again. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> My only thing right. without doing the work. Right. Um, well, the work that much work. Um, right. I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I was necessarily nostalgic. Um, I enjoyed it. I, um, you know, the group we were with. It was fun to kind of answer a lot of questions. Uh, just things about you when you sit in a stadium if you've never kind of been through a major meet like that. Like, how does it, how does the warm-up work? What does it look like? How, you know, they're, like, surprised that they pull into a call room underneath the stadium for an hour before, you know. Right. And and all those kind of little things that um, you don't ever see or understand until, you know, the, the athlete pops out on the track ready to go. You're like, oh, there they are. Um, so, um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I was nostalgic, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, and I definitely did not necessarily think I wish I was out there. Right. Again. Um, um, but I do maybe watch races. I don't know if it's a different perspective. But I'm, I'm, I, I'll see things maybe, well, my perception is I'll see things a little earlier maybe than others sure. do. or. Um, like, well, that guy's toast, and, and, and sure enough, he can't get out of position because he ran himself into a bad position, all those kind of things. But I can't get that kind of stuff out of my head. That's right. ingrained in how right. I think it. So, you know, when you were when you're at 92 or 96, do you, do you feel like the, the, the Olympics are more commercialized? Is that different? Is it bigger? Is it smaller? How does that differ? Or does it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great question. Um well, I think 92, I can't really, I mean, I was 21, I had no idea what was going on. Right. Um, um, 96 was very commercialized in the U.S., but that's just how we do things, right? And um, <laughs> and so maybe that was the beginning of the next step, but, I, you know, it's just huge. It's yeah. just huge. And I think what I noticed, what I noticed in, in Rio, in Rio itself as a city, it maybe had something to do with this, but is but I, what I noticed there that I did, wouldn't notice or didn't notice as an athlete because you're so compartmentalized is how large it is. Right. And so Rio's very spread out. It's hard to get to different areas of the city just because the geography makes it difficult, um, as well as some of the infrastructure. But but so we would spend you know. Uh, say, oh, it's an hour bus ride to, from because when I wore safety, we did some other things too. We saw badminton, we saw volleyballs, good stuff, and just wasn't track, right? Like, right, right, not just track, and 
but that was my point. It's so big. There's so much going on. There's so many different venues. It's even my girlfriend, Christy Bass, who, who was down there with me, she's like, I didn't, I guess I knew, but I didn't realize right. that there's just so many different places. Not just you show up at the Olympics and you're there. There's right. like, this soccer stadium's over there, and that's there, and they wrestle over here, and they do, you know. And, um, and so it's massive. It's just totally massive. Uh, and it, it, it overtakes a city, definitely. What, cool. Was there an event that you were surprised that you enjoyed that you maybe never would thought of besides track? Um, well, I don't know if I didn't know this, but I really liked volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did indoor volleyball. We also saw beach volleyball. But it's it, it so, I mean, those guys are like huge. Right, <laughs> right, they are. And they're and they they can jump high and the ball gets spiked it's so hard it's crazy um, and, and it's fast moving but also volleyball did and I'll, maybe I'll kind of critique track uh, on the opposite side of this but volleyball has figured something out where they had music in between you know plays and they had you know it, it was a big block they had this chant called monster block and everyone would be like moving their arms in a blocking motion. The whole crowd, right? And just the was whole, it was going, everyone was going crazy. And then you go to track, and for example, the men's, the, the night of the men's 100 meter final and the 400 meter where the world record was set. Those phenomenal performances. We watched this world record 400 meters were jacked up, and there's 25 minutes until it started at the 100. Yeah. And nothing going on in between. Right. And I'm like, what? We got to figure that out. It's, ridiculous it, it it is and and you can tell by the it's just the energy or the lack of energy i should say in the track stadium has been disappointing to me uh, i don't I, yeah I, I guess that's probably similar to what you saw when you were there um getting around did you guys have i mean this whole ryan lochte story is unfolding and crazy and true or not true did you guys have security or did you ever feel like you needed security no, never felt like a needed security. Uh, we did have security. You did, ASICs, okay. Um, ASICs had a security team with us the whole time, and we, we, we were on these big buses, and, and they would follow us, and if we walked, you couldn't get right up. So if we walked from the bus to the track stadium, which would have been probably a good 1,500-meter walk, yeah. we had four or five guys walking on the group, but never once ever did I feel. In fact... Um, um, we watched ASIC did a, a really great job um, at the uh, women's marathon and they rented out this like museum of art section uh, which is right over the course where they start the 10k loops in the marathon yeah you and can see that on TV yeah. okay you, so that's where you guys oh, yeah. were yeah that's cool yeah that's where we were and they had obviously a great buffet and bar and, and then they had this balcony and you could go out and watch it and I I, I went to them like I'm going down there I'm going to go right down because there's no one really there. Not right. enough. And, and they like, and it wasn't ASICs and kind of their third party management company. They're, they're like, I don't know if we can let you do that. Right. I'm going, you can come get me if it's a problem. So, of course, everyone followed, you know, all the, all the running guys and girls followed and we all were down there. And it's just never, there's no, there weren't, for where we were, there were no problems. And, um, you know, you got, I think, you could generally like, like any city in the world, you can go look for that. Sure, it's it's it's, it's anywhere. 
But your um, your experience was not that. Yeah, that no. you didn't. You felt safe. And, and I think I think I saw a total of two mosquitoes. Yeah, that was that was another question. Did you see mos- two <laughs> yeah. mosquitoes? Okay, two, and I think they were tourists. I don't even think they were local. <laughs> right. So. All right. But, so, yeah. So the the media overblown is oh, does, does a, totally. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, the hospitality you mentioned Asics a number of times. They are a great uh, a great vendor of, of both of ours. Um, the yeah. hospitality they provided was awesome. It sounded like because Kathy and uh, Kelly from Pacers Running went as well. It sounded like it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, was it as good as the hospitality you got as an athlete? Better, worse? How did it compare? Um, hmm. I think it's different. Yeah, I think, and I think it, it. I think it depends. Like my experience as an athlete in nineteen ninety two is very different than in ninety six. In in the in the states, right? Why yeah, is that? Because by ninety six, I had run a lot faster. Okay, so, you know, people paying a little bit more attention. Right. And, uh, so right. So in ninety two, I stayed in the village. Uh, which was such a great experience, and the and the, and the Olympic Village is uh, it's, it's just crazy. It's like a city in and of itself. You could you could obviously the food and the, and the accommodations, but you know barber shops and bowling alleys and movie theaters and post offices and you know all that kind of stuff. And so I thought that was super cool at twenty one. But then later I realized um, going to the next Olympics in ninety six that probably wanted to sleep more before the race. And, <laughs> right. You know, the 5,000 is at the end of the Olympics, so as, as athletes finish their competitions, every day the village just kind of gets a little bit louder, a little bit more crazy, a little bit more raucous. And, and so I had a good fortune in 96 to, I had a little apartment in downtown Atlanta that was loaned out to me from, um, um, this guy who had basically bought the building and, and re, re, remodeled apartments in it and let all his friends stay there. And then I think he probably sold it off when he was done. But so I had that kind of, so that was kind of in and out of the village in 96. And, and, and that, that worked better for me. You were basically part. treated like a dream teamer there in 96. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe to not maybe that level, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you think the person um, who lives in that apartment now realizes that Bob Kennedy <laughs> stayed here during the Olympics? Do they? Do they? No, is there a plaque well, on the wall? No, but I think I would have been the most minor person there, <laughs> you know, like like you know, government vice vice presidential right. candidates and movie. Like the other guy who did it was in the movie business. I think they were like yeah, crazy. I don't know. But maybe I don't know. Um, so back back to back to the track. Uh, you said you were there the night of the 400 meter world record and bolt for uh, the 100 meters. Uh, but I wanted to ask specifically a- about the distance events. I don't know how many distance events you saw. I mean, the medal count today is 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 higher than it was when you were racing. Can can you figure out why that is? Why are the Americans? Uh, I should say the American medal count. What do you think it yeah. is about this team versus back when you were running in 92 and 96? Well, I, I, I don't know if there's a – I mean, do we have any medals in 92 and 96? I, 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 don't, I, don't, think, I don't think we did. I don't think we did, yeah. Yeah. So um, I just think it's evolving in a really great way, and, and you can see you – know, I don't think 
I can't think of a medal this year by an American in distance or middle distance that is surprising. Right. Like there's, like they've been building towards this, and and whether it be Jenny Simpson or Jager or um, they've just yeah, yeah they're just not um, exactly they're not um, they're not pulling something out of their butts. Right. It's really thick. it's like oh yeah okay. Uh, good for them. So, I, you know, why is that? I, I think we're just on a great wave, and I think success begets success, and it creates interest, and it, uh, it raises the bar. And, and so, so kids in high school, I think now have to run faster to kind of do to be noticed uh, than they did twenty years ago, and kids in college. Uh, have to have to run faster to kind of be noticed if they want to keep going and 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 to get a contract and to make a living doing it that that's worth anything. You have to be better now than we used to, and, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, it's it's not just the Africans dominating the distance events. Um, and you were the first uh, non-African to break 13 minutes in the 5K. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of American, maybe not a lot of them, but a number of Americans who can do that now. Uh, am I right on that? Uh, yeah, yes, you are. There, there's a, um, that's a great point because I think 20 years ago, not everybody, but I think it was a very common um mentality uh, for Western athletes, I'll even say, not just Americans, um, to, I call them Western, I mean, that's the right term, but European, uh, um, American, North American athletes, to kind of, whether they verbalize or not, be like, I just will never be able to compete with the Africans. And and so part of, part of maybe the part of success of, of current American athletes are that they don't think that way, and 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 when when we see our our athletes have success and and beat or win medals against uh, great African athletes, then the next generation right. doesn't even think that it's not possible. They know it's possible, and so you know you have to believe in the old kind of you must believe it in order for it to become true. And I think that oversimplifies things, but it, there is some truth to that. And, um, you know, I remember, I, I, just, I won't name names, but I remember a comment of a, a fellow American athlete in Europe at a, just a regular European meet, whatever that was, 20-some years ago. And we're sitting at lunch, and he had just gotten over uh, a week or so ago, and he goes, I just, the food over here is terrible. And it's like, what do you mean? It's it's like it's really not that different. <laughs> right. You might as well just go home. You're just looking for excuses. You know? Just go home now. But so I just think we don't have as much of that anymore. Yeah, it 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 is great. I mean, these guys are super confident, and it's not like you said. It's not surprising when they do finish in the top three if they're American, which is awesome. Um, so right. how much you run in these days? Did you run when you were in Rio? I ran one time. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you are you are you're um, running you're running some now and just just for fun. Yeah, and I did play badminton and a little soccer in Rio. Too, nice, so okay, something. But I'm running. Yes, I'm running. I I wish I was running more than I am, and I kind of have 
you know, Chris, you and I talk about our customers and yeah. our potential customers quite a bit. And, and it's, it's, I, um, over the last, what is this now, you know, 12 or 15 years since I've retired, as, as every year kind of get a better understanding of, um, the, the, the thought process and the battles and the small, small battles that everyone deals with to go out for a run. Uh, just in their within their own head, right? Uh, every single day, right? Let alone forget about kids and family and work and and all this other stuff that's going on that I never ever really had to deal with because oh, running was always priority number one, and now it's priority number seven. Right. And I'm in the business, you know. Right. I know it's, cr- <laughs> so, it's, it's crazy. Uh, uh, and so I, you know, I don't, I don't have an excuse of not having shoes or product or time or. Uh, all that kind of stuff. But to answer your question, uh, I'm running some. I, I've i learned that I need to have an event. So, you know, uh, we ran rim to rim to rim the Grand Canyon in May, in Boston in April. Um, I have nothing on the radar right now, which means I, I'm not running. Right. When I say I'm not running. I'm not running a lot. And so I need to put something on the calendar in order to get myself out there and, and, and be healthy. Awesome. And I do like it. I, did, I found that I, I found a different joy in it that I, yeah, I do love it when I'm out there. Well, if you're doing rim to rim to rim, you have to enjoy it somewhat because that seems like a, a really tough, tough race. Uh, in, yeah, it's, it's, not even, it's not really a race. It's kind of right, not like, a race. You just right. do it, but yeah, it was terrible. I mean, it was. Um, I laugh, I laugh at myself. It was awesome until it wasn't awesome, <laughs> and then it was awful. And uh, but I'm glad I did it because it was done, and I'll, I won't do it again. How so, many how many miles is that? It's like 47 and a half. Yeah. but it's not even the mileage; it's yeah. the elevation change. Wow, eleven thousand feet of elevation change. Hey Bob, um, I'm obligated to ask you the standard question. Uh, oh man! Oh man! <laughs> Um, I am. I was. Uh, I went to school with Farley, so I'm Farley's age. And yeah. when I was in school, I had four running posters on my wall. All right, three of them were contemporary distance runners, and one of them was from the 1960s. Can Can you guess yeah. which those four posters were? It's. I know it's impossible, but just you know, give it a try. <laughs> okay, I'll start with the 60s. Because the sixties would have either been hmm, late sixties. Are, are we talking late sixties? I'll, I'll I'll give you a hint. It was it was from the nineteen sixty four Olympics. Okay, so Billy Mills. Yes, ding 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 ding. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. He's good at yeah. this game. Yep. Yeah. And then contemporaries. Um. So like nineteen, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's have this guy um, on every week. Right. <laughs> um, oh wow! Um, do Do you want me to tell you the, the time frame then? Yeah, yeah give me a hand. Decade. It was that's in the nineteen nineties. Nineteen nineties. All right. So Todd Williams. Yes, yes, that's correct. Myself. That's correct. Yep. Wow! Is he going to get them all? That's pretty impressive. 
Did did you get? I mean, did he uh, give a fourth guess? And he's not. He has. No, a, not but I, I'll just say this about Bob: he's not one of these me 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 guys. So uh, you know, I, I, it was probably hard for you to say well, you had a poster of me because I don't go to Bob and say you had a poster of me and you're. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he does. I, I haven't been to his place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're right now. Yeah. He, has, he has a poster of you when you were nineteen. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. All right. Um, one was a, on, one was so, a female. I was going to say, I, was, I wonder if I'm overthinking this as a female. So, um, well, it could be 80s too, but um, Mary Decker, Sweeney, would good. be a big poster. Yeah, that's a good yeah, Close. Good she guess. has three that's names. She does have three names, yep. Joan Benoit Samuelson. Oh, no. Another <laughs> good guess. It, it was... Uh, the 80s as well. Yeah, uh, it hold was... On, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Susie Favre, favorite handle. Yes, correct. That's it. <laughs> Very good at this poster guessing game. Wow. I think you, you, Bob, you're the only person we've had on the show that's taken it seriously. Yeah, thank you for humoring <laughs> for us. For oh, I, I like. All right, like Do- Docs, you got any more? Do you got you got any more that? Uh, no, I just had four posters. Oh, okay, that's it. Okay, <laughs> no no other questions. Okay, Bob, just real quick before we get you out of here, um, Kathy was telling me about a crazy race you ran. And the craziest prize, maybe not a crazy race, but the craziest prize that you've won from from one of your track races. Oh yeah, um, we were talking about that. I, uh, which I still use today, I won a frying pan in Sweden. <laughs> you you um, still use it today? Yeah, yeah, wow. it's a great frying pan. <laughs> and I, I should, I should, I should research it more. I think it's like a big. Like it's, a, it's considered a high quality frying pan, and I think they must have been from that area, the company or whatever. So, so where was the race? I, I don't remember the exact city, but it was Sweden. It was definitely Sweden, and it was kind of this B circuit, kind of this emerging elite B circuit that I went to in um, in, the, in 1990 with like guys like Steve Holman and, and Rich Kanaan. And, um, um, we ran these series of like B level. Uh, races in Sweden, and that was one. Of, that was one. I won a frying pan. It was awesome. So, do they? Pers- right. <laughs> Wait, was there prize money too, or just a frying pan? I think. I think there was prize money. So it's like a big but, check I mean, and then a frying pan. Yeah, <laughs> it was like like I said, it'd be it's like if, if there was prize money, it would have been like three hundred bucks, right? Bucks or something like that. The frying pan probably <laughs> retailed at you know three yeah. to five hundred dollars. What it probably, probably did. was this for winning the race or like did like first place yeah. get a frying pan, second place got like a, a spatula? Like yeah, spatula. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. It was, I don't know. Yeah, it was for winning, but I don't know. If maybe the usually in those scenarios aren't gifts for second and third. They get their their cash. But that's, wow! Yeah. Twenty years later. And the other thing I won too. I won a different race. Same same trip though. I won a boombox. A boombox. You probably <laughs> which I don't. Which I don't have anymore. No, you're I not. I did have for a long time. Not using that still. Did you have to? I mean, if you won that, you won that boombox in Europe. Yes. Bet it had yeah. like a funny plug. Could you even use that back in the states, or you just always would pick I, that up in uh, from uh, like some box at the train station uh, right. in, no, in, in had, Zurich? Literally, it had a, it had a had a, a, a plug adapter taped to it all those years. Hmm. Wow. Well, fi- the, see, this is the good inside stuff. And mm-hmm. finally, I, so you 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 were uh, your trip back from Rio. You lost your luggage, or you guys got stranded yeah. somewhere. What happened on the way back? 
Well, we lost our, well, we didn't lose our luggage. The, the, they, they lost our luggage on the way down. Wow. It was the whole Delta debacle with their systems going down. And, yes. um, yeah. So we, we, um, we wore all the ASICs gear that was given to us for the first two days. <laughs> That's all you had. Yeah. You were at a nice yeah. dinner wearing Wait. like compression tights at a nice dinner. Wait, did did Delta lose it the, your luggage or did ASICs lose your luggage? <laughs> no. Sorry, Bob, you're gonna have to wear more ASICs gear today. <laughs> right. Delta. Well, and if you know, and, and ASICs does great stuff, but I'm not a. I'm not personally. I don't do big logos on myself. I mean, right. I like subtle stuff, and and I was. Decked out in big logo stuff <laughs> for two days. Uh, it was good. <laughs> and and then on the way home, you 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 got stranded somewhere. Well, on the way home, we um, we missed our we were connecting through Sao Paulo, and then we were late out of Rio for whatever reason because I don't understand Portuguese. But let's just call <laughs> it weather. And um, <laughs> and so we missed our connection. Uh, in Sao Paulo, and I don't really, you know, you miss the connection in the U.S. or even in Europe, even flying back, you know, it's, it's, you get it. There's another flight, obviously, yeah. right? And so she goes, oh, you missed it, I'll rebook you. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be worst case scenario, you know, first thing in the morning, 24 hours later. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she goes, there's literally flights leave Sao Paulo for the U.S. between 9 and 10 p.m., that's it once a day so so you had to wait wow in the airport yeah no they got a really crappy hotel in Sao Paulo and um we we made some friends because a lot of our people met so I actually met um a woman I kind of known that works at another competing brand um uh in in sports marketing so we kind of Christy Bass and I hung out with her nice for a day, and then we finally got on the plane and got home. Oh, that's awesome, man! Well, you can follow him on Twitter. He's he's he, he's not a prolific tweeter, but I, he's mm-hmm. a good follow. Yeah. It's it's at Zoom Zoom Kennedy, uh, of course, named after the the Zoom Kennedys that Nike made after him uh, once upon a time. But yeah, you definitely can follow him. He's uh, president and part owner of Moving Shoes and Athletic Annex. Uh, a friend of mine, look at me, humble brag again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, seriously, Bob, thanks for uh, joining us. That trip sounded awesome. Really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. All right, buddy. There he goes. That's Bob Kennedy. This is Pace Nation. We'll take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Bob Kennedy, Olympian Bob Kennedy, for joining us. You can find him on Twitter, at Zoom Kennedy. Uh, not the Bob Kennedy... The former Attorney General. Yeah, I was not the Bob Kennedy of the Kennedy family. Was the Bob Kennedy... Is that a Robert Kennedy? You mean uh, RFK? <laughs> RFK. <laughs> yes, that's the, the Redskins. What do you think they named the stadium after? I know, yeah. Oh, we could have asked him about that. We we could have asked him a lot. He doesn't believe me. He thinks no, I'm pulling I, his chain, so he wants I, to move I, on. No, I, I believe you. We could have asked him about that. He's a football guy. He he would mm-hmm. have uh, been interested in the Redskins and Colts talk, but uh, no, we didn't have time to get into all that. But yeah, his his name is a fam- much like me, famous name. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it that about me? That was uh, <laughs> that's how you wanted to uh, bring it back to me. Mm-hmm. me but that's me. How, that's what that's how you guys relate. Yeah, yeah, Chris Farley. Although his. 
his namesake probably did more good than my namesake did. <laughs> I think not as many laughs. That's probably true. <laughs> but you you mentioned the Zoom Kennedy. Actually, yeah. I actually forgot about that. But but when you talked about that shoe, I remember when it came out. It was a big deal. Yeah. Um. Everybody was so excited about the that that shoe. Yeah. He uh, just a, just an aside that like triggered something in my brain that, that he had a was, couple was recessed. He had the the Zoom Kennedy and then the Kennedy XC. Uh, so a couple shoes from Nike that have since changed to something different. So, uh, yeah, he was a real influential, powerful kind of pioneer uh, back in distance running in the U.S. back in uh, the 90s and early 2000s. Well, I didn't take lightly which posters I'd put on my wall. <laughs> I know, of course. <laughs> it was pretty cool that he was able to... He got all four of them. Nail them. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, and we, I gave him, a, we gave him a little bit of a hint for, mm-hmm. the, for the female, but... Yeah, but the last time we played this game, you you were like just trying to rush yeah. rush it through and be like, you don't have to pay attention to him. You don't have to pay attention to him. So let, thanks for letting us play along. Oh, Bob's competitive. He wanted to win that. <laughs> well, I think we should send him some stickers and yes. maybe a magnet Absolutely. as a prize. Yes, and something something for the kitchen. Something <laughs> for the kitchen. Uh, the frying pan story is great too. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, maybe we should do that at some Pacers races. I wouldn't go the high-end Swedish frying pan, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Just I, getting rid of stuff so that you can buy new frying pans. Yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some sort of non-Teflon frying pan <laughs> lying around that I can get rid of. Maybe for Clarendon Day, 5K, 10K. Uh, anyways, all right. Well, thanks again to Bob for joining us and in sharing his experience in Rio pretty cool to have him on the show so speaking of rio uh mm-hmm. we do have one one more topic we wanted to quickly discuss olympic related it was ryan lochte yes who was held at gunpoint at least that's what he said initially and now it looks like the story is changing so let's back up after the the swimming finals were over right he went partying with three teammates to the french house mm-hmm and they came back very early in the morning and told this story that, that uh, they were held up by guns. Gunpoint had their wallets and something else stolen. Well, they said that their, their wallets were stolen, all their money was taken, and then the police interviewed them, and people were questioning whether or not it happened. And, and uh, breaking news... Yes. At, at the time of this podcast, like br- literally right before we, we, we recorded. So maybe by the time you listen to this, you, you have everything else. So Lochte went home and then the, uh, the Brazilians wanted to seize his passport. And the three other guys that he was with, two of them were pulled off the airplane. And another guy didn't even go to the airport and, and, and get his flight. And so then they interviewed him all yesterday and today. And now the story's broke that they made it up. That they actually got into a bit, a bit of an altercation, broke a door in a gas station, uh, and then had to pay. So they gave all their money to pay for uh, the door that they broke uh, at the gas station. It, it was the, really the Brazilian police who were upset that this story was, was put out there. Yeah. And so they did the, the research. And, well, it sounds like Lochte, you know, told two different stories, one to... Uh, NBC uh, anchor Matt Lauer, and then another mm-hmm. one to, to Billy Bush, where yeah. he said that uh, you know that he he now all of a sudden isn't remembering exactly yeah. whether the the gun was cocked in his head like you at his head like you'd first said. 
Well, let me let me let me jump in, okay? So we had a lot of armchair detectives uh, on social media and in the news and, <laughs> yeah. and everything like this. Now I'm 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 glad the story came out so that I can back off on on how aggressive I'm going to defend Lochte here, but they these guys were hammered. Right. Have you ever Farley gone out with your friends and then <laughs> and then retold stories of the night with your with your friends who were hungover? Why'd you not ask Joanna that question? Probably <laughs> <laughs> right, um, more applicable to me. Okay, go ahead. Well, how conflicting are the stories? Right. Different. I, I mean, yeah. like when when people are hammered and and trying right. to retell what happened at four or five in the morning. Sure. Of course, the details in the stories aren't consistent. Right. That True. has to be taken into consideration. True. And then my other thing about it was that there was uh, people were saying, well, the story doesn't add up because we can't find the cab driver to corroborate the story and we can't find any witnesses. And my, my thought to this was like, yeah, of course you can't because in the story that's being told, the cab driver is part of, it. Is part of, the, a part of this gang of, of uh, fake police officers robbing swimmers. You know? Yeah, uh, it's a good point, but. I'm glad the real story to came ca- out so counter, that I didn't have to go on to the counter that, yeah. and say these to counter things. that, I mean, I just think that Lochte <laughs> is probably not happy with the lack of attention that he got. So he makes up this story, probably having no idea that it's going to blow up like it did. And to people in Brazil and the IOC, this is not a good look. So right. these guys wanted to get to the bottom of it. I right. think they were really kind of ticked off mm-hmm. that... This is how they felt like their country and the Olympics were being represented. Well, so they weren't going to let it slot, right. fly under the radar like he had hoped. Well, two things. One, so th- those were the pieces of evidence that I think that people were, were like picking up the wrong piece of evidence. But the, the interesting thing and the reason why the police, the, the Brazilian police were suspicious, they said there's video evidence of the guys coming back into the Olympic Village mm-hmm. and they're wearing their watches. And the guys, the, the the Brazilian police were like, if you got robbed by gunpoint, they would have taken your watch yes, too. Come yeah, on. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these guys that's, know. Why, that's why their story fell apart. So they were kind of incriminating themselves. <laughs> yet like, they wanted to keep know, their... Yeah. We like, know <laughs> what the robbers we're, take. We're, we're squeaky clean yeah. yet. But, I mean, if you're really robbed, they yeah. would have taken your watch. Yeah, those are nice watches. Yeah. They're not... Like a, a, a good criminal, which well, we have, is not going to let that watch slide. <laughs> well... And, and Lochte was just a little too nonchalant about a gun being cocked to his head. Yeah. Um, that was, I don't know. I, I, that was always maybe, fishy from the get-go. Maybe, maybe you feel like new life. You yeah. know, you feel oh. like, well, I'm really happy that we survived that, you know. Uh, you, you could spin all these other things. The sure. watch, I think, is what got them. The watch is pretty fishy, now, too. Now, that said. Um, like how I'm using fishy there. Because of because of the water, couple, the, the water analogy. Used it a couple times, uh, yeah. I, I was I was using it twice, and I was just waiting for you guys to pick up on it. Go well, ahead. Joanna's not paying attention. Yeah. To it. Well, this just further proves what my mom always says, which is nothing good happens after ten p.m. Ten p.m. <laughs> I mean, I'd say midnight. Yeah, come on, Mrs. Russo. So, there's, you know, there's Early bedtimes in the Russo household. Ten. Ten wow, p.m. Man, your you, four kids. There's there's been like seven finals, track finals yeah. after ten p.m. Yeah. Man. Um. All right, final word on this, Docs. The British Olympic team came out today and said one of their athletes was robbed by gunpoint. Oh, so now it's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. So let's every all you internet sleuths, let's <laughs> check the pictures for his watch before we go <laughs> committing ourselves one way or the other on this story. All right, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. 
Uh, we also have a store in Princeton, New Jersey, where Don Cabral, eighth place finisher in the men's steeplechase, uh, frequents. I'd say once every six months he makes an appearance out there. So uh, if you're ever in the area, ask for Don Cabral, eighth place finisher in the Olympic steeplechase final, to uh, come by and make another appearance. I tell you what, if that guy wants to move up from eighth place, he probably needs to get new shoes more often than every more, six months. More frequently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very, very little, true. Little running advice, Don. <laughs> yeah. Good advice, Docs. Thanks. All right. Well, I know that we're done. But I have I have one more topic. Okay. And we it would kind of been interesting to talk to Bob Kennedy about Rule Forty, oh. because it, I know that it, it takes on a completely different meaning now that you have social media, because we never had any access to people uh, back in the day. But you know, I think that there's there's a lot of talk about Rule Forty, but I think that I, I saw two big wins on Rule Forty. One, I love what Saucony did after Molly Huddle got the American record in the 10K. Saucony tweeted, uh, these custom spikes had an amazing 10K today. That was pretty well done. Yeah. I really respect that well Rule done. 40 game. Good yeah, I like that too. And then New Balance, I saw this before anybody else. I, I, as she was running, I t- texted you guys. I go on record. I can show a timestamp. Uh, before any of this, this uh, track and field people, you whatever. Were, you, you, you saw it before the rest of the world did. Mm-hmm. I agree. The uh, Emma Coburn with her her shoes, her, her New Balance spikes around her. Don't look at me like that because I texted first. If you want to have credit for it, you text me. Timestamp, Joanna. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. That's why we do text messages. I don't want to talk to you guys. I just want to get credit for uh, all my he observations. Was he was first. Um, but I, I noticed that right away. I guess maybe so did you. Well. Uh, I know Farley didn't watch it right away it. because he yeah. didn't watch it. I didn't watch well, it. Well, and you know where she got that move from, right? Uh, from skiers. Because no. when skiers finish, they, they put their skis up by their head before they get interviewed. <laughs> no, her training partner, Jenny Simpson, who for every uh, medal that she's won, including Daegu Gold in 2011, like she has always taken her spikes off and she held the American flag with her spikes oh. so that you could tell that she ran for New Balance. Yeah, Jenny Jenny did it as well when she medaled as well. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't. Re- I thought Jenny was biting off Emma's thing, but mm-mm. no, no, Jenny's been doing this since 2011, oh, okay. and and I definitely think the move came first from Jenny and then was taught to Emma. Uh huh. Okay. Well, uh, Joanna's making an argument right now that she noticed this before me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're not having that on this program. <laughs> and if you notice, Jenny also used to always take pictures with the American flag um, before she actually started taking her spikes off. She would kneel down so you, that you had her shoe in the picture because mm. normally they just take from the waist up. Yeah. So you'll just see the Nike uniform and the American flag, but mm. she would kneel down so that you would also see her spikes. Well, anyway, that it's uh, a, a very great Rule 40 game i Work think around. Mm-hmm. and and i i saw some stuff about like the swimming and people wondering why the swimmers have different suits but if you do notice like the this is and this might be wrong so joanna is the swimming expert as well nike is the official sponsor for the track team mm-hmm. but they can wear their own spikes they don't make them wear uh, so that so like if you're sponsored by New Balance, you can wear your New Balance shoes and, mm-hmm. and have those in the race, even though your uniform is Nike, and and that's because they they don't mess with the actual technical portion of your your kits, and I think the same thing happens with the swimming. I think that they can wear some of their uh, non-team stuff with with different brands because that's 
that's their technical portion required for for the racing. And I I haven't read FINA's rules, but I would assume that that's accurate. I don't know who got to the uh, New Balance spikes first, (laughs) Jaren or Dox, but that's the real debate here. (laughs) <laughs> who who was first to the Farley uh, just wants to see two other people yeah, going fight, at it fight, yeah. the rule yeah. 40 workaround who noticed it first um, that's this the is, question this is like us weekly who who, wear, who wears it best yes exactly All right, so that's our that's our poll this week if you have a if you want to answer that poll you can tweet us at Pace the Nation or ask us or interact with us about anything else tweet us at Pace the Nation on Twitter and of course it's uh, Pace the Nation at gmail.com to uh, to get to us uh, via email. have any other topics than the ones i have well i don't know what you have <laughs> all right i've got doc's back from vacation he's also um a person who has the same name as somebody else who uh, <laughs> and happy birthday <laughs> bob yeah happy birthday we we got you an appearance on pace the nation for <laughs> <Yeah>. your birthday <laughs> not as good just, as, pleasure, yeah. just what you always wanted <laughs> i know sometimes i say stuff and it like then i'm like uh if i'm editing and i just happen to be like bored with the show and playing a, a, a video game or something on my ipad and then i'm like boy i hope i don't like one of these things where i'm just trying to Whoops. get a joke out of you guys and yeah. then i leave it in it's like like a soupy sales moment you know right <laughs> all right let's move along mm-hmm.